When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, Nadia. Hey, Lon. You are my strange, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) What did he say about her coming out of the airport and then, like, the sun sun comes or something? That was very poetic. I... Totally almost fell for it. I don't know. Are we going to start with them? Sure. (laughs) They didn't get a lot of airtime, but the airtime they got, I thought was really cute. Yeah. Agree. (laughs) Agree. Uh, But can I say something that might be an unpopular opinion? Say it. So they look like they're very enamored with each other. Right. Yeah. But in a best friend kind of way. Like not in a lover kind of way. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, there's a distance. I feel like after they hug, there was a gap. There was a distance and they were not touchy-feely. And I'm not saying they should it be. It was but... like a passionate kind of meeting. It was like two people who were flirting like they meet and then they continue to just kind of flirt yeah in front of each other yeah <laughs> but right? we very but with like a social distancing type of respect yeah you know, whereas like, other people okay. would be like ah come over here right. i want to get my hands all over you and stuff yeah <laughs> they're just exchanging like i don't know poetry to each other <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's just how they are and maybe that's, that's what, what makes thinking, them yeah. cute yeah i'm really interested to see where this goes i saw the preview and it doesn't seem promising and i know we talked about this last week i think i predicted that debbie might do a u-turn back to the u.s and it seems like he is making her like he's not ready to get married yeah so here's another thing and maybe i just forgot or maybe i wasn't listening closely enough did she or he ever explain what their living conditions were gonna be because she said you lied to me or something he's when he said when you go back to the states and she's like when i go back what do you mean and and she's like you lied lied about that you could stay with him somewhere or now when i saw that little tidbit in the trailer i was like wait did they ever say how they were gonna live was she gonna just stay on the farm and help him on the farm and live like that or yeah i think maybe I think maybe he expected her to leave because, like, what else is she going to do? She's going to come stay in a hotel 
and she can't stay in a hotel forever. So of course she's going to go back. So that was yeah. my first thing was like, wait, you know, of course she has to go back because yeah. unless he told her you can stay on the farm with me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a really interesting interpretation, Long, because I thought he meant I'm not ready to get married. So if your visa expires, you would need to you go back. Go. To yeah. Oh. Because he said he's not really ready to get married to her. Whereas she said that she's giving him the choice on when they're going to get married. But then she prefers that if it happens within a month. Mm. So I wonder if there'll be that kind of like tug of war between like, okay, should we get married now, later? And then he, maybe he, he gets fed up and he's like, okay, no, I'm just not interested to get married to you. I mean, I love you, but I'm not committed that way. And and yeah, maybe throw in your theory too, like you can't stay on the farm with me. So obviously she has nowhere else to go. You know, he shouldn't tell people that you're ready for marriage unless you're ready for marriage. Yeah. Did he tell her that? Fucking Osama. I can't I know, believe right? it. Did he really tell Debbie that? No, I mean, like, the fucked up thing is that does he not know that she's giving up a lot to go yeah. over? I mean, clearly, she still has a house back home, but, like, she did pack up a lot of things. I mean, it's not like... He a... proposed to her. I right? think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that yeah. means he should be ready for what is, <sighs> is he? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's I messed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see why she would be pissed off. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Other than that, I think airport welcome, very romantic. Just a little bit awkward for me because I feel like there should be a little bit more chemistry and passion. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on to Nicole and Mahmoud? It was the same old, same old. It was entertaining in that it added drama and there's definitely the conflict. Mm -hmm. It's the same conflict. It's the same clothing stuff that we've seen over the last, what, three or four episodes already? Yeah. So it, they didn't bring anything new. The scenes were definitely new. And for people who are there to see the drama unfold... But it wasn't anything I think that was that stood out. It was the same shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're gonna wear this. No, I'm not. Yeah, 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 you are. You said you were gonna. Oh, I didn't say that. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> if anything, the thing that I think was kind of new, but not so much new, was Mahmoud finally saying, I don't think I'm the one. Yeah. Like he just finally just saying it. But I think he said it in an earlier episode too. Yeah. Where he's like, I just feel sometimes I'm not the kind of husband or we're not, you know, supposed to be together. Like, I think he's voiced it in other ways before. Yeah. And finally, this episode, he he really just threw his hands up in the air and tried to retreat from the cameras. He just said, I don't feel like I'm the right husband or something. Mm. Mm. It seems like there was a misinterpretation too, like a loss in translation mm. of a thing going with them because he said she doesn't love him. I think this is what the argument is. Like, obviously, it's because of the clothing. But then what it comes down to is that he said, I don't think you love me. And I think he meant, you don't love me enough to, like, want to change. Mm. And then she interpret that as, you don't want me. And so that's why she started packing up. 
So like I feel like there was some loss in translation because like when I was watching it, I felt like they were both arguing about different stuff or the statements were not matching up and I just felt like, oh, there was a loss in translation somewhere. And did you catch the part where she said she converted before they got married? So again, I feel like this is the part where we talked about like she felt like there was a negotiation piece of it and unfortunately that's not the case and I think she made that promise to him about her willingness to cover up and then yeah. he already compromised by saying well if you don't want to wear the hijab that's fine but you do need to be more modest with your neck down clothing right and then I guess got too technical and she was like but you say it, here it's fine but not this <laughs> sleeve and I'm like come on guys <laughs> yeah but then he also said that she would eventually wear the hijab or hijab however she pronounced it Right. Oh, I, I didn't catch that. I just thought that he made that compromise of not letting... So the compromise he made when they got married was that he won't force her to wear hijab and he won't force her to pray five times a day. Right. And so, that's what pissed her off because he made the compromise and then he told her to do it. And then she said, I'm not ever putting anything on my head again. Yeah. And then I forgot how he phrased it, but he said something like, you're saying no now, but you'll do it eventually or something. It was something like that. And she was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm mm. not ever. Mm. And then that's when he's like stormed off. Yeah. Hmm. I got to watch that again. That yeah. was a very confusing argument to me because I felt like there was that loss in translation. Between oh, there was all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With the back and forth, they weren't completing each other's sentences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like well, let me ask you this. What do you think about blind conversion to a religion <laughs> that's <Because> dumb <laughs> I, i've read people throwing this phrase around and i wonder if you can speak to it or if you know anything about it virtue signaling i'm not sure if that's a common phrase or if you've heard of that being thrown around but people are accusing her of virtue signaling basically something about her converting and then kind of like <laughs> trying to like negotiate her way around it and she just thinks that oh yeah let me just convert for the sake of like you know marrying this guy but then she doesn't know what she's getting herself into and maybe that's not the right definition I apologize if I'm so way off but yeah what do you think about what Nicole did and thinking that she could like kind of I, <sighs> I want to I don't want to say get away with because obviously as a couple you should compromise but if you want to embrace a religion, you, you can go half-ass at it, you know, Yeah. in my point of view, I guess. But As someone who grew up very religious, I understand how religion can be taken seriously. I don't take religion as seriously as, as I used to, mm -hmm. but because I did and I understand like faith-based conviction and how serious, mm. serious people take it, right? Yeah. Religion is serious, y'all. And you just don't enter into this like blind convert. You don't just convert and say, I'm, I'm going to do this I'm, and say, look, like I've been worshiping this way. I believe a God was this way. I believe our religious rules are this way. And overnight, I'm just going to say, you know what? I completely disagree with all this other stuff. <laughs> and now I believe in this whole other set of histories, a whole other set of practices 
a whole other set of spiritual deities. <laughs> it's such a life altering. It changes like you don't just convert, you know, without really studying it. Yeah. And I think it, it takes a lot of ignorance for someone to just to just say overnight, you know, or even within a few days to say I, I completely embrace another religion and don't embrace my own beliefs that I've had since childhood to adulthood or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, like you said, to enter it and then to start asking that compromises be made on top mm -hmm. of that. <laughs> I feel like that's a very American thing to do, right? Please explain yourself. Americans, y'all. I don't mean to call anybody out like that, but, you know, Americans generally. So let's just blanket everybody American, right? We tend to think we can go into other spaces, other countries, other religions, and have them conform to us. Mm. <laughs> and to how we do things mm. as if the Western world, as if our ideas span the globe and they do somewhat, right? That's what globalization is about, right? That's why you can find a McDonald's almost everywhere because we globalize things like that. But, you know, it's so common for us to think that we can go into other spaces and have people conform to the American standard. Well, I'm going to convert. But you know what? I'm American, so I don't have to do that. <laughs> well, you fucking converted, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not calling like Nicole. I'm I'm saying bitch, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we think we can do that. Why do we think we can do that? Why do we feel empowered, right? <laughs> that we can go into another country, right? And their laws, nah, we're above them. Their customs, yeah. we're above them. Oh, convert into another religion? Why not? We're above those religious laws too. Yeah. Because we're American. It, it doesn't apply. And this has been going on long before, Nicole, right? We see yeah. this happen all the time. Yeah. Well, you married a Muslim man. Well, you married an American woman, right? <laughs> and it's about you have to conform to me, the American. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're the one that moved over there. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one that moved over there and said, yes, that you would marry into their religion, into their culture, into their family, and they have to make the compromises for you? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we see this a lot, and this is the whole thing about 90 Day Fiance, that it's just a, a pattern that we continue to see. And Yeah. And again, when you say all that, I think about Angela and Michael, obviously, yes. right? Because <laughs> yes. Angela never fails to remind Michael that she's American. Yeah. And I think the only couple, on, and maybe my 90-day you know, knowledge is also very limited, but the only couple that I see where one partner conforms the other way fully, that really embrace everything fully, is Avery and Omar. Mm -hmm. Because Avery, like, she really embraced the religion and she's like, okay, I'm all in. Head to toe, cover up. I believe in his religion. I'm going to perform my duties according to how his culture wants me to. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to act a certain way where I'm based off. That's almost like the rarity in this 90 Day Fiance <laughs> partnership. It's amusing, but also kind of annoying to watch. For example, for Nicole, in one sentence, she says, I totally believe in 
the conversion. Like, I believe in his religion. Like, she said that with conviction to her parents. Like, I converted because I totally believe in everything that God is the only God and Muhammad is the prophet and all that stuff, right? But then, like, at the same time, she can turn around and be like, well, but do I really need to cover up? <laughs> right. Let's just cherry pick, you know cherry what I mean? Pick, and, yeah. yeah. Let's just cherry pick the things about this religion I like. And then the ones I don't like, we're going to compromise on that. Yeah. No, we no we're not. Oh, yo, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> because I'm uh, an American. <laughs> it's not how we do things. <laughs> uh, oh, Nicole. But I think in the next episode, we see that she will go over to the uncles. And I think this is, again, like, listeners, we predicted this. They're going to start a fashion empire, supposedly, or some sort of fashion business, right? Because, you know, she's a creative. Mm -hmm. His family's in textile. Why not? And I think the topic about covering up kind of got resurfaced again. And obviously, mm -hmm. especially when you meet the older members of the family, they're definitely going to point out, right? Your aunts and uncles wouldn't give you a break. <laughs> so, Do you think some of these people would reach out to Avery, right? And be like, hey, I need some help. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing this? What, yeah. what are the keys to success here? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing, right? When you think about Americans, it's not about conformity. It's about freedom. And the freedom to cherry pick, the freedom to choose, the freedom to do everything. And yes, that makes sense if you're in the US, but outside right. of it, people act differently. It's a different rule book. <laughs> right. Okay. So I just want to move on to Rishi and Jen. Talk about, <laughs> oh man, living as an Indian wife seeing her get the Jenny treatment. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where I have to say for this particular season, I'm glad that TLC features Sumit and Jenny on Pillow Talk because every scene with Jen and Rishi, they can speak to it. And there are some moments where Jenny will reveal stuff that I guess they didn't capture during their filming mm -hmm. because she <clears> apparently, <throat> she went to Indian wife bootcamp as well. <laughs> supposedly, uh, <laughs> with Sumit's family. And she went through the same ordeal as well, where Sumit would introduce her as a friend and she would live with them at first, only for the family to find out later that, oh, actually, they are romantically linked. And I think Rishi is pulling the same moves here. Like, there are a lot of things that he didn't tell her beforehand, I feel. And one of them is, oh, by the way, if or when we do get married, you're living with my family and you're expected to do this, 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 this. And of course, Jen being a Westerner slash American, mm -hmm. she's like, uh-uh, that's not how right. we do it. If we get married, we're moving out. Right. And he's obviously like, no, 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 no. Like married people still stay with their family. <laughs> the joint family, your wife in a joint family. And here are the expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Waking up at 4 a.m. to make chai. And exactly. And she's like, what? What? <laughs> 4 a.m. tea time. No yeah. shit. <laughs> She's like, hmm? that's dedication, y'all. Hey, props though. Props. Yeah. Props to that. Yeah. Waking up at 4 a.m. so your family has morning tea. That's dedication. And you know, this isn't like you no know, special occasion. This is what seven that days a week. Daily routine. <sighs> yeah, that's a daily routine, man. Because they still have that gender-based roles yeah. in the traditional 
Indian family, and by the way, I, I can't say this is an Indian thing because in every culture, there is some sort of gender-based roles. Like I follow this Korean YouTuber and she is so dedicated. She wakes up at, well, not four, but at five or six a.m. to prep breakfast and lunch boxes for her entire family. Mm -hmm. She's that dedicated. Like she wakes up at five, six a.m., makes meals, prepare the house, like clean the house. Some people can do that and yeah. uh, kudos to them. But I guess Jen's probably not going to have it. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you see that in the next episode, she's telling Rishi that, hey, my visa is about to run out. We're not married. I got to go back. And I guess his plan to like integrate her into his family just flopped. Yeah. And she called him out this episode, too, because he basically fell into his own logic trap, right? Like, yeah. He's telling her, oh, and she led him into this brilliantly. She's like, so, what, well, you know, what is it that they said? And asking him all these questions. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's my decision. And then she asks him more questions. And he's like, oh, they said if I find someone to just tell them. So then she's like, okay. So why aren't we just telling them then? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm just like, got him, dude. You got him. Why are you going through this game? You know, and he's like, I know my mom. And I'm just like, yeah, but your mom is the one that said these things. Like, yeah. what are you so afraid of? I get mm -hmm. it. I get it. It's a scary thing. You know, when I was growing up, having to tell my mom who I was dating was actually pretty scary. But you're a fucking grown ass man, bro. And they they gave the power to you to say, look, one, you're going to spare them the energy of trying to look for other people and, and people bringing potential suitors or whatever, whatever they call it, right? Yeah. To you, like spare them that energy and just fucking tell them. And um, yeah, like he got called out and I think Deer knows what's up. You know, the other fitness instructor. She has a thing for fitness instructors. I'm seeing a, why don't, a type here. Yeah. Why <laughs> right. does she just date him? He seems more like he seems more thinking type. Yes. Yeah. And he called him out too. He's like, no, what? Every the more information she gave, Deer was like, Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, he's playing you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, Jen. I learned something. I learned the term of how her eyes are because remember I said, hey, do you notice something wrong with her eyes? Like, why are they kind of droopy? It's called ceiling eyes. Ceiling you, eyes? Yeah, where your eyes like mostly, it's mostly in the ceiling of the redness and in the top part of your oh. eyeball. Yeah, it's apparently someone said, yeah, Audrina Patridge from the OC had that eyes too. I'm not sure if you know who that is. It's a reality TV star, but you got to see Jen's eyes. But yeah, <laughs> apparently it's called ceiling eyes. So now I know. Ceiling eyes. Now I'll have know. to look that up. Yeah. And we also know that she has a, what, double master's degree or something? She's mm -hmm. flexing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Even more so, like, I am pretty sure she probably doesn't want to do this traditional Indian wife thing. And I'll be surprised if they're still together. So she's definitely, you know, is smart, is educated, but the heart makes you do <laughs> funny shit. things. Yeah, funny things. yeah <laughs> totally, totally. What are you doing? Like, this is someone who has got 
like two masters. Yeah, she's smart. Couldn't she's see through. Well, is finally seeing through the bullshit. But I'm like, did you really like move like up end your life <laughs> and have none of this figured out? Oh my gosh. Again, I I sometimes wonder: is this a case where an American woman tries to change? Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll use a fancier word. Tries to disrupt the traditional <laughs> Indian family value. <laughs> you know, their tradition, basically. So try to get him to move out of his family's home, even though he is the sole breadwinner. Obviously tries to fast-track marriage, which, I mean, that's fine. But basically tries to disrupt the way things are being done, you know, and, and I get it. He's also very shady. I mean, he's wishy-washy about things and I'm glad that she called him out on his own logic. But I feel like for someone like her, who I think is it's an intelligent woman, she should know what she's getting into and like... Exactly. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you cannot disrupt thousands of years of Indian culture just like that. There has to be some strategy or something that you need to mm. do to like get him to break it. But anyway, maybe she's trying her luck. They all do. That's what they're doing. Like, yeah, like, they, they think they're the ones that are going to do it. Like. They're the special one. They, they're the anointed one. <laughs> Daniel and Johan, Lon. Ugh, do I sense gosh. a bit of gaslighting in a way? Because Daniel seems to like flip it on him and like. Yeah. Suddenly, like during the one-on-one interview, she's like, "I don't think he's ready for a mature relationship." Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you guilt trip him to like telling you oh, yeah. about, about your past that he's not comfortable talking about. Like it's a trauma. Why do you have to like, you know, rehash? Why do you have to make him rehash an abortion? He obviously was upset about it and it's, it's a sensitive topic. Yeah. How does that make him immature? I'm sorry. Like, how is it a half lie? Like he didn't say like, oh, I didn't have an abortion and then turn around and say, oh, actually I did have a baby aborted, but whatever. I'm glad he was able to express that to her and I think to settle it. I feel bad that he felt like he had to do that, though. Yeah. That's none of your business, Daniel. For the second episode in a row, none <laughs> of your business. Totally. And yeah. like, again, you know, this whole thing is that, oh, well, it's the lie. It's the lie. Okay. Like, but then in her own one-on-one -on -one interview, she said something like, well, he didn't tell me the whole story. Because you're not fucking entitled to that information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yes. what don't you get here? <laughs> totally. Um, like, yeah. she kind of admitted that it wasn't a lie. It was more yeah. of like, he didn't tell me the entire truth. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And then she <laughs> said something about, we're no longer girlfriend, boyfriend. We're married. It's we're different. married. Like, really? Yeah. <sighs> but I'm glad they worked it out. I'm glad he got to have his say and because I think he needed that in a way. Like yeah. I said, I don't agree with the way with the circumstances at which it came out, obviously. But I think he needed that. It almost felt cathartic mm. for him to say, here's what happened. I wanted this and and it was lost and it's a difficult subject for me to talk about. I think that was, in a sense, cathartic for him to come yeah. out and say that. Now to have that come out the way it did under the circumstances okay. and having his wife basically like try to force him out 
force him into saying that on TV, on camera and stuff like that. I don't think it should have gotten that far. Yeah. Storyline. Yeah. Storyline excuse. Speaking of uh, storyline excuse, Lon, if you're ready to move on. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about this whole Chris and Jamie thing. It's just, dude, that's a lot of red flags. It's one thing after another. It's a lot. It's a lot to be bombarded with. And these are suspicious dates too. Yes. Like the court date is the day right before the wedding, right? Is Am I yes. hearing that right? Yes. Like the 20th and 21st or something? I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? Something like that. Like she has to fly back on the 19th to attend a court date on the 20th and then be back on the 21st. Or she will try to come back on the 21st is what I interpret that. Something like that. And I'm just yeah. like, those dates are just way too convenient. Well, Conveniently inconvenient. Convenient, yeah. Here's a question that a lot of people ask. Why can she zoom in as a witness? Yes, I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, wait, I've been seeing this on like TikToks and Instagram where people are attending court dates in multiple Zoom split yeah. windows and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, why yeah. you can't do that? Yeah. It's not like she's a... I don't know if she's a witness. I think she's just there to like claim that the bike is hers and... It's not like she was, um, I, again, I don't know the nature of the crime. I mean, obviously, the nature of the crime is the rare bike got stolen. Yeah. But someone actually pointed out that because it's at the impound, she still has to pay $500 in order to get back a bike that supposedly cost $50,000. Yeah. And if that's the case, why does she have to be there in court in person? And also... Won't the trial be scheduled months in advance to where she would know that it would fall on a certain date and she can then tell Jamie like, hey, guess what? The wedding should not be on around this time because I have to be in court. Because like, it's just weird how it was like she suddenly got summoned. Yeah. It's just red flag after red flag. Yeah. <laughs> there's always something with you yeah <laughs> oh and then gosh. did you catch the part where she kind of gaslight jamie in a way too like in person but also during the one-on-one interview she said oh yes i ghosted jamie on her birthday it's because i was overwhelmed she was being very needy and needy yeah. yeah and then she turned around to jamie and said but by the way you broke my trust i mean you abandoned her on her birthday where you told her you got COVID. Again, their stories, like, <laughs> they're all over the place. Like, yeah. like at first, like, ugh. didn't Chris say Jamie almost died of COVID? And now Jamie is saying, oh, yeah, Chris got COVID on her birthday and missed it and ghosted her. And maybe that's why she moved on to another person or something like that. And it was just all it's messy yeah yeah, it's super messy it's all it's all messy yeah it's all messy yeah and again i'm not trying to minimize the pain that she's feeling because ever since we got introduced to chris i have to say i think about people who had chronic pain and how they're living with it right and i'm becoming more and more conscious and aware of it so i'm not saying that she's acting or acting up or pretending but it's really serious when you're not able to function and you're in a great deal of pain. Like, I wonder how she's been doing it when yeah. she's back home. Is this a sign of withdrawal or should she just suck it up and get a surgery? The surgery? Yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. not a way to live. I feel bad. It, obviously, that looks genuine. I don't doubt it, but 
she looks like she really couldn't do anything. And that's so debilitating, you know? Yeah. She was done for the entire day. Yeah. I just feel like the other red flag for me is when she started out her scenes by saying, I can't believe it has been three days in Colombia. And I'm like, hey, didn't you sign up for like 90? <laughs> like, why, are you, why are you starting off the sentence like that, girl? Like, you still got 80 plus more days to go. <laughs> you know, like she said it like as if, oh my God, I can't believe I survived like three, four days in Colombia. Yeah. So the back pain is still from the flight or? So yeah, from what Jamie told the doctor is from the flight. So if she's going to fly back for this court date, I think that's why Jamie's afraid that she won't come back. She just won't come back at all. Yeah, that, that's a lot of flight. And that obviously triggers her concern and that bad incident, bad memory where she got ghosted. Mm-hmm. By Chris, I just don't know where this relationship is going, if that's the case, you know? Yeah, it's not looking good. And I, I kind of feel bad for Jamie because Jamie really looks like she cares, like yeah. a lot for Chris. Yeah. Like she's crying with her and is stressed out and worried. At least from my end, seemed like she wants this to really, really work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris isn't making it easy. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm not blind to Chris's problems either. I feel bad for them as a couple. Yeah. Oof. All right. I thought we can close out with... Let's uh, end it my... on a high note. High <laughs> note, exactly. Yeah. With our favorite couple, Gabe and Isabel. <laughs> and how they brought back TLC. Right. <laughs> yes. This, that This is the most informative episode. And I'm glad that these two are on the show because uh, yeah I would totally tune in to watch obviously we tune in to watch 90 Day Fiance but you know this is the reason why all of us get good into the show that's why we continue watching it because of stuff like this where we learn about you know things that normally people don't talk about and Mm -hmm. I feel like phalloplasty, and I apologize if I butcher that pronunciation, is something that we don't talk about every day. And it's something that, you know, it's part of the trans community that obviously don't get discussed a lot. And I'm glad that the way Gabe discusses it is, you know, he infuses the humor, the humanity mm-hmm. in it. He tries to make light of it. And it's very adult conversation. And I really, 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 really appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. It was good. I think Gabe and Isabel are just a great couple. Their chemistry is so on point. Their attitudes and their openness to talk about it in the two-way conversation, right? I think it makes it palatable and digestible for audiences such as ourselves who are watching this. And, Mm -hmm. And it's... It's not as intimidating and it's entertaining and yeah, it's uncomfortable, but we can laugh and not laugh at it because we find certain things that are like insultingly funny, Mm -hmm. but genuine fun because we see that they can laugh at it. Like Gabriel can laugh at it and Isabel can laugh at it too. And and we can kind of go, okay, ha ha ha, like this, this is okay, right? Because these are awkward conversations and we didn't know this And now we're all kind of learning. It's almost like when we were kids learning about sex again, right? 
these concepts were kind of new to us and we're just kind of like, he, he, <laughs> yeah. kind of giddy about it, right? They're just a really good couple to have educate us. And it, this isn't full-blown education, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. But props, uh, especially to Gabriel and Isabel for having like the conversation in, in the way that they did. Mm -hmm. Very tastefully because, done. Yeah. yeah, it was tastefully done. I think there was a lot of really good information, but yes. then there was a lot of also playfulness and banter yes. and like, okay, we're talking about our sex life here. Yeah. We're just going to go for it, you know? And then like props to Google Translate for the fuck up translations at, at times, right? Yeah. Like it's cooking or something. The penis the cook. Google Translate <laughs> added the humor, I think, because of the mistranslation or like the, yeah, the loss of it. Yeah. But there were moments too where I guess you kind of see how Gabe is self-conscious because Gabe wants his parts, you know, to be as perfect as possible. But yeah. like, yeah. okay, I'm, I can vouch. <laughs> like penises are ugly. <laughs> like surgery won't fix that. <laughs> like That's just how they are. And it, things like that are funny, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh, you know, I wasn't really happy about it. It was, yeah. was kind of ugly. And in my head, I'm like, but are they ever really? And then, yeah. And then Isabel comes in with the follow through, right? Yeah. With the punchline of it all. And she's like, they're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, no one's ever like, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and it was just so much to like to laugh about. As tense as the conversation, comfortable the conversation could have come off. There was actually a lot of like laughter and a lot to smile about. And it was for me, one of the best, one of the best scenes like you said, it brought TLC back. Mm. And one of the reasons we watched 90 Day Fiance was because there are these couples that, and we wanted to learn more about, you know, what are the differences, you know, be it like in the 90 Day, the whole K-1 visa thing. Well, in this one, it's a different approach. We're learning about a couple who's having to deal with being trans, you know, mm. and in a trans relationship. And, yeah. and just kind of that was a new angle. It was really good. Probably one of the best scenes, scenes, their scenes that 90 Day Fiance has put out so far. Yeah. And I have to say, too, it starts with the doctor asking the right questions. Mm. Because whenever he asked the question and when Gabe provided the answers, like, you learn something new. For example, well, first of all, obviously, I don't know much about phalloplasty. I didn't know that it was taken from a chunk of your skin because mm. I always thought it's like something to do with for women transitioning to a man. I always thought it has something to do with like taking hormonal pills and make, you know what? I feel so silly because obviously you do have to have a skin and implant and stuff. So see, like that was very informative and very educational right. for me. What I learned was I didn't know there was a separate surgery just for erection. Mm. And that was something that I was so taken aback. I was like, oh, huh. Because I thought like once they attach it to your nerves and everything, it automatically works. But then from the way Gabe explained, apparently there's a separate, and maybe I'm wrong, guys. I'm sorry, but I should pay more attention. But my interpretation of what he said was like, there's a separate surgery where you either pumped your balls yeah, you or something. Yeah, you pump or you have a rod that yeah, makes it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. And you know what? I don't want to go into details because it'll do the episode a disservice. But the biggest takeaway, at least from their scenes, is that 
you know, Isabel comes across as a very supportive partner mm. who embraces what Gabriel is. Yes. And whether or not he has a a rigid penis or whatever, right? Or has milk jugs for chess. <laughs> like she just accepts him for who he is. And I think that's a universal theme that can be applied to any form of relationships out there, whether it's a cisgender, transgender, you know, homosexual, whatever, what have you, right? Because it's all about embracing our differences, our different an anatomy and our insecurities. In, in Gabe's case is his chest and i think he's probably thinking twice about getting that getting that done because he's afraid of scars obviously i mean not afraid but he he doesn't want the the scarring because that would obviously ruin his body even more but yeah like i said i liked how the doctor was being very respectful and even the other scene where they were at the cafe and he was using the google translate yeah i just felt like it was such a adult relationship Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right, Lon. Like, I think we laughed with them, not at them. That's the important part is that right. we laughed along with them because we can somehow relate to that, not because we want to ridicule them. Right. Right. So overall, I think very healthy discussion topic about the transition procedure for the trans community. I feel like it's so, <laughs> so enlightening and I, I'm so glad that it was being discussed. So this is a really good casting by TLC, my point of view. For sure. For sure. All right. If there's nothing else you want to say, shall we wrap it up with our WTF moment? WTF. So for me, <laughs> I'm going to go with Danielle again. It was such a small, a small scene. But again, I was just taken aback by how entitled she felt to that information. And like you put it, how she kind of flipped it on him. Like yeah. that was still him. And I think she victimized herself. I forget how she said it, but then she said, you became defensive. Yeah, he became defensive, like, you know, and when you're defensive and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I think that when when that happens, that's your sign to just kind of back off and, mm -hmm. and maybe change up your approach. But instead, it was like, well, you hurt me and you did this and you did that and you should have told me. And I'm just like, Ugh, I can't with this one. And then it made even I wouldn't say worse, but. It was kind of like not a good look that she, she went on social media and she made this really weird video about her haters. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, you got to send me that link so we can post it. Yeah, it's just show. weird. And I understand what she's saying. Yeah, I understand what she's saying. Like, oh, if the overall message, if you're making fun of me, there's something about yourself that you don't like and, sure. and you see me living my best life. So yeah, you're just taking it out. Right. But the way, again, how she went about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my WTF moment is <laughs> just hearing about Chris's, whatchamacallit, uh, story about having to reclaim a $50,000 bike and somehow conveniently it falls close to the date when they were supposed to get married. And yeah, that was so uh, like so suspect. Like, I don't know what's going on. 
eyebrow yeah. razor for sure. Like yeah. again, <laughs> like, yeah, that would be my WTF moment. And uh, anything else you want to say, Lon? No, that's it. Hope everyone's having a wonderful month so far. Yeah, and uh, Lon and I will be taking a short break next week because uh, Lon will be uh, hanging out with his buddies Pedro and <laughs> Johan and Danielle in the DR. Apparently. We're headed to the DR, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Just him. Uh, I'm still chilling here in the Bay Area with all the floods. <laughs> Lon, have a safe travel to uh, your friend's wedding and uh, I guess we will reconvene once you're back and um thanks nadia of course and uh till next time bye bye thanks for listening wtfers if you love the podcast give us a five-star review on spotify apple or wherever you get your podcasts it is appreciated and really helps us out you can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on patreon at wtf extra you can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.